Hello and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shaporst. With me is Vinny Tadaro. And uh, we've got a couple signings, I think about five signings to discuss. Um, one of which was a re-signing, but the other were free agents, non-Cowboys last year. And um, I know I've got a lot of thoughts on uh, on all of them, I'm sure. Then he does as well. Um, there's some still some reports of free agents that are going to be coming into Dallas um, this week. So we'll definitely talk about those and other uh, potential free agents, and then we'll start getting into the into the draft a little bit. But um, as always, we'll start off with a trivia question, and this week it is Vinny asking me the question. So all right, go right ahead. So there are a couple players who um, I think you'll remember. I'm sure you're aware of them. Greg Ellis, I know you're aware of. Yep. Uh, the other guy that was drafted not too long thereafter is Ebenezer Ekubon. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So there was a little hype at the time, as there always is around the Dallas Cowboys, about these guys both being defensive ends and how they were going to meet at the quarterback and smash the quarterback and all that. It was going to be this great pass rush. Yeah. And of course it never panned out. Greg Ellis was a was was a pretty damn right. good player. Yeah. Uh, but Ebenezer Ekibon, um, started as soon as he started to show signs of playing, he got hurt and that was basically the end of him. But uh, the question is, what college did they both attend? Oh man. Okay. Uh, oh, I want to say, was it Georgia? Nope. You want to hint? Yeah. It's farther north. Okay. Virginia? Nope. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. North Carolina. Yes. All right. All right. Third guess. Good good question. I didn't know Ebenezer Ekubon. That, that was all memory, trying to pull memory. Went to college. Greg Ellis. Yeah, right. Um, okay. That's a good, good question. Um, did you get it? Did you just remember where they went to college, or did the geography thing help out? Geography definitely definitely helped. Um, I had to, yeah, kind of, yeah. I was thinking. I think you know, so other defensive end colleges, other Cowboys defensive ends popped in my head, and yeah, okay. I don't know. maybe I think Georgia was Quincy Carter, uh, and who was drafted in kind of that era. I don't know why, um, but yeah, colleges those will. Those will trick trip me up, depending on the era. I think closer to this, closer to the present, oh, I'd be better at. But um, well, I mean, let's face it. Neither of us. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you've read a lot of history, but I don't think neither of us is, you know, as as good with the um, with the Landry era as we are with the, the era that came after that. No, no. I mean, to me, the, to me, the 1960s are, you know, the Cowboys. I, I, I barely know anything about the 1960 Cowboys and the 1970s Cowboys. You know, I don't know very much about either. You know, yeah. 
I mean, I know from when I really started following him. Yeah. I mean, I know the stars from pretty much every era, but you get pre-2000, any non-star is going to trip me up, probably. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so the Cowboys this week, we had some signings. We, we re-signed Jordan Lewis to a three-year deal four and a half per year, although you can we can kind of get out of it after one year. Yeah, um, I love these contracts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they're all, you know, they're all Cowboys contracts. That You know, we signed Urban, Brent Urban, and Carlos Watkins to basically the same deal, one mil under two, or one year under two million a year. Um, going back to last week, our conversation about the offensive tackle we signed, we were talking about what the, they hadn't announced the details of that. It ended up being under 2 million, which, which I was saying, like, if it's under 3 million, I'm happy. It was even under 2 million. Then we got Terrell Basham for like, I think three and a half per year and, uh, Keanu Neal one year 5 million but really only like 1 million in base salary so you know a lot of signings none none you know very big money um i've got i've got some strong opinions on pretty much all of them but i'm curious what your overall thoughts were of those free agents and um where where would you put our our free agency grade now i know you had us at a d last week well, I think I wish I knew what Mike Fisher thought because then I could just reverse it and I'd know exactly what was going to happen this season. Um, that guy has no right to be on YouTube or any other platform where people can see him. That's sin number one, being able to see him. And sin number two is listening to him talk. He is the worst talker. So for him to rag on Skip Bayless the way he does shows to me some professional jealousy. Mike Fisher cannot speak. He needs to take about 30 public speaking classes. All right. Now, there are people who aren't even famous who speak much better than Mike Fisher does. Uh, the only thing I'll give Mike Fisher is that he did say, and I assume he did find this out, that the Cowboys were going to keep Tyron Smith this year. So that he did seem to have a, uh, a leg up on. Yeah. Um, but since I don't know what he thinks about these free agents, um, I'm going to say two things. One, you one is the clear-cut rule that might have been sent from God above, and that if they are Dallas Cowboy free agent signings, you have to treat them with a great deal of cynicism. The Dallas Morning News. I'm going to give them credit. I usually don't give the media credit. From what I've seen, the Dallas Morning News might be the best media outlet covering the Cowboys. They did a, they did not a study, but they did um, a, an analysis of Dallas Cowboys free agent signings for the past eight years, and they concluded they've been they've been bad. Yeah. They've been straight up bad. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. We can talk about them feeling they got burned by Brandon Carr. I don't think they really did get burned. I don't think they got burned too badly by Brandon Carr. I think that's yeah. an overreaction. He wasn't worth it, but they didn't get burned that badly. No. Um, 
And, you know, the Stephen Jones is almost as stupid as his father. Um, so his, his, his approach obviously hasn't been working, but they'll continue with it because, you know, like all people who are retarded, it takes them, uh, you know, 15 years to figure out what other people figure out in a year. So that's number one, is that you have to treat all this with very, very guarded cynicism. Uh, number two is that you have to ask yourself why these guys came in at such low dollar figures. Okay? Um, their agents, for the most part, are not stupid. NFL agents tend to be very smart, very greedy. So when a player comes in at such you know relatively low numbers, you have to wonder why. And, and that's the second thing that clap you know that that would put a cloud over everybody that they've signed from the outside. Mm-hmm. Not talking about the new the guys from the team. Yeah. Um, so well, you know what kind of grade would I give it? Uh, do you want me to include the fact that they're missing keep? pieces or do you want me to just grade the guys that they brought in um i mean from what you were saying last week i want to keep it consistent just overall grade if you you take the guys that at least this is how i thought you were doing it you take the guys that we brought in compared to all the possible signings where where would you put a grade on that well i'd give it a c okay that's that's exactly what I was thinking. C, C minus, maybe, but yeah, that's about. So my thing is, you know, Jordan Lewis, the one guy that we signed that we we you know we both seen. That that's either going to be a, a great signing or or a bad signing. I mean, the fact that we can get out of it means that it's it's not going to be a terrible signing no matter what. But really, you compare him to the these. He's going to be a slot corner, you would assume. Yeah. That's yeah. always... That's tough to play. Right. And and there's a level of, you know, with cornerback in general, there's going to be variability more than other positions. But Jordan Lewis, he had his worst year last year, I think by a pretty wide margin. He had a lot more penalties. He was getting just burnt more, than, more often than usual. Um, you know, if he plays like he did last year... It's it's not a good signing. If he gets back to the level he had been, then it's a it's a bargain deal, and then you would probably keep him for the full three years, and and that's a hundred percent what that comes down to. It's it's pretty clear cut to me, and I think what's what's interesting is both Jordan Lewis and Chidobe Awuze. I think if either of them had hit the market before this year, they probably get two or three million more per year. And, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's all Mike Nolan, you know, COVID, you know, for whatever reason, the, the defense last year, the overall performance downgraded pretty much everyone on that unit, yeah. with the exception of maybe Demarcus Lawrence. And, and they definitely felt it, oh, it in their wallets. Lawrence. Not, not nearly as much as, as all the other returning starters, for me at least. But, but no, so Jordan Lewis, you know, that's, sure, whatever kind of signing to me, it could be good, it could be not good, it's not going to be a disaster. The one, I'll tell you, that really pissed me off when, we, when it was announced was Carlos Watkins. 
And I'll tell you why, because this is a guy that he's 100% Cam Irving, but for defensive tackle. And we signed him before we signed Brent Urban, who I'll get to in a second. But when we made that signing, it was such a, like, we're just throwing bodies at the position with no regard for actually getting players. Because he's not good. He played on the Texans last year. Maybe the only defense that could hold a candle to us in terms of awful interior defensive tackle play. And he was, you know, he was... Bad by their standards. Like but I think, I think he played the nine technique, though, didn't he? Play he played the defensive end. Yes, he he, he played a three four defensive end, and that's the one thing you can say is maybe him going back to a four three, which he played in college, and he had good stats in college. I don't know. I don't think he was ever projected to be right. great in the NFL, but he was productive, and so maybe that ch- switch, you know, gets. Bumps his play up, but his performance in Houston was I'll just terrible. Right. I'll tell you right now, he's not going to make the roster. I, I don't think no, so. Don't worry about it. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the silver line. We didn't sign him to that much, so if he doesn't make the opening day roster, fine. But it, it's like you know, why even? Why that? That's the kind of guy that you can sign at any. You can find a Carlos. Watkins at any time like if you have yeah. injuries during the season then right. then sign him but why not you know draft a couple guys who have an actual upside of, exactly. of being good that's uh, <laughs> that that that's I'll tell, just I'll tell you the two problems I have the two I'll tell you the two mistakes Dallas Cowboys are making right now and then they're yeah. going to affect their free agency and they're going to stop them from signing guys who are actually um significant players one is they're keeping that absolute bum um jalen smith who's a bum that's his biggest problem he's not as bad as he seems he's a bum he doesn't want to do the homework and they don't want to restructure amari cooper so according to mike fisher and this this is plausible yeah they have this idea in their head that next year they might cut amari cooper and keep Michael Gallup, which I think is a bad idea because I like mm. Michael Gallup. Don't get me wrong. I like Michael yeah. Gallup, but I do not he's never proven he can be a number one, let alone number one on the Amari Cooper level. So I don't understand why you give Amari Cooper all that money, you spend a first-round pick, and then you replace right. him with a Michael Gallup. I don't mm. get that. Um, so mm. I would restructure Amari Cooper and keep him around. Michael Gallup, uh, I think that you're going to have to say goodbye to him. I think some team is going to overvalue him, pay him a real big bucks to be a number one receiver, and maybe be disappointed. All right? I'm not that he's bad. Not He's not going to be the Alvin Harper syndrome. But I'm not convinced that he is going to be a quality number one. I think he's a, a, a real good number two. Yeah. You know? And... That's what uh, that's what I don't understand. I, I I think that they're just dreaming, and that Stephen Jones's cheap, parsimonious ways uh, are are making him make ridiculous decisions about personnel. And he's still got this thing where you know he feels that he can buy these guys at a blue light special. Blue light special. You might you're probably not familiar with that. That's something that 
in the old days, Kmart used to run. You couldn't okay. walk through the store without hearing the announcement. Blue light special in aisle four. <laughs> you know, you could just run there, and mm. you, you know, you could find things for like you know fifty percent of what they were worth. Yeah. Um, and they would be worth even. Actually, I should say, you know, it's fine really really cheap shit so uh, these guys are blue light specials and the only guy that i well i like i mean i like brent urban yeah i've seen a tendency in him to only play well in contract years but he only signed a one-year deal Mm -hmm. and i like keanu neal too Uh, i've read different things i've read ian rapaport say that he's gonna be the weak side linebacker which mm-hmm. I didn't understand. Uh, and then I read today that they're going to use him at weak side linebacker and safety as a chess piece, which is yeah. something you said to me as well. So, you know, it remains to be seen. The fact that they're bringing another safety tells me that they are going to play him at weak side linebacker. Yeah. yeah and that... then, you know, use that safety if, if need be. But uh, I watched some film on him, mm-hmm. and not a lot, but I watched some film film on him and I don't know what he's like in coverage but he definitely seemed like a smart safety with good yeah. instincts definitely a hard hitter or a short tackler yeah and a smart guy which we desperately need on that defense because we got a bunch of idiots yeah well so, so qu- quickly to touch on Brent Urban because I think him and, and Keanu Neal you can say kind of the same thing is he's that that you know that signing cheered me up after because it was the same day as Carlos Watkins because, yeah, Brent Urban, you know, there's a reason he signed one-year deal for under $2 million. He's not going to offer really anything in regards to pass rush, and he's not going to be an every-down lineman. You're, you can't rely on him to be that. He played, like, 400 snaps, if that, last year. But consistently throughout his career, he's been a very good run defender. And that's more than you can say. And it was funny because I I tweeted this. I said, you know, signing Brent Urban means that we have one defensive tackle who has consistently shown they can do something good in the NFL. And and that's progress. And his his wife (laughs) liked that tweet of mine, (laughs) which I thought was funny. His wife's pretty funny on Twitter. Um... She was the one who broke the news, actually. Normally it's, you know, Scheffner or Rappaport, but it was uh, Kate Urban, I think her name is. So so anyways, I like that signing because even though he's he's not that big, he's like 300 pounds. I think he's, he's a tall guy, but he's only like 300 pounds, but he plays... Yeah, but he, but he plays bigger. Like, if, if you just watch the tape of Brent Urban versus, like, Don Terry Poe, You'd think Brent Urban was 340, 50 pounds, and Don Terry Poe was under 300, because he can anchor. He's I, he's got the he's got the long saying, arms to engage. Yes, yeah, he's got the the sand in the pants, like you said last week. Um, so I I liked that signing because you know we'll play him on first and second down, and and we won't get gutted when he's on the field, and and that's more than I can say for any other defensive tackle on our team. So I, I liked that sign. That's the one that I really was pleased about. Um, then this guy, Terrell Basham, I, I don't have much to say about him. I, you know, he's a, 
he's better than Dorrance Armstrong. That that's about it. He's you know he's a defensive end. He's he doesn't get a lot of sacks. He's gotten decent pressure numbers, but nothing spectacular. It's not like he's a phenomenal pass rusher who just has low sack totals, which some guys are. Um, he's he's better than Dorrance Armstrong, not as good as Alden Smith, who who it sounds like we're kind of on the fence on signing. If we're replacing Alden Smith with Terrell Basham, I, I think that's a little bit of a downgrade. So I, I'm kind of indifferent about him. He's he's a decent backup, but that's that's about it. But the one I want to talk about the most, Keanu Neal, is is there's a lot of levels to this. <laughs> um, to, to your point, yes, he he's a smart player. He's a great he's a he's great downhill. He's he's like you know a poor man's Jamal Adams. Like he, he, unlike our linebackers who are bigger, he can actually take on blocks. Like I've, I've watched not a ton of highlights either, but enough highlights to see that he's shown more ability to take on and fight through blocks than Jalen Smith and Vander Esch last year, which is, yeah. Um, he, uh, you know, he can, he can hit, He's not a great guy in coverage. That that's been his thing his whole career. That was his thing coming out is if you put him as a box safety, have him go downhill, he's he's going to be a good player as long as he's healthy. Um, you put him in back thirds, back half, you know, single high, anything like that, he's he's not going to be very good. And my initial impression and, and I I talked about this last week when when we were reportedly looking at him I didn't like it because I thought we don't need another box safety we've got Donovan Wilson and when we made the signing I was you know the, the initial report was we planned to play him a little of both strong safety and weak side linebacker and to me this signing is Depending on where we where we play him, the majority is going to really dictate how I feel about this signing. Because if we're planning now, I'll, I'll say this disclaimer: if Donovan Wilson seriously regresses, which is possible, you know he played ten games his whole career. He, he we can't say for sure that he is that player. Um, he won't get worse. If, if that doesn't happen, then I want Donovan Wilson on the field. I think he has, more than just about any player on our defense, he deserves a shot to continue starting. And it's one yeah. thing, the, the, this is one thing that your boy Mike Fisher said, which, which uh, I, I thought was, was funny. Um, I don't think I dislike him as much as you do, but I didn't like this comment he made, it is... Basically, this guy was saying, you know, Donovan Wilson deserves a, a, a chance to start. And Mike Fisher was saying, you know, it's it's March. Like, it's way too early to decide who starts and not, which I I kind of understand. But it's, it's really, to me, it's really an idealistic thing to say to be looking at this defense, which has holes, you know, 60% of the, of the team— and to go ahead and say that you want to bring in competition for one of the like three or four really solid players 
that we have when we've got all these other holes on the defense. Yeah. Um, like I said, if Donovan Wilson, you know, sucks midway through the season, sure, bring in, put in Keanu Neal. Um, but what I really do not want is for him to lose snaps or get put to free safety, where I don't think, even though he played a lot of free safety last year, in Dan Quinn's scheme specifically, where it's single high a lot of times, I don't think he's best fit for that. I think that's doing a disservice to a guy that actually showed, you know, signs of of being a good player on a disaster of a team and a disaster of a defense last year. Um, so, so that's my fear is that they either put Donovan Wilson out of position or, or take him off the field um, in, in exchange for, for uh, Keanu Neal, who, who's good as a free safety, but I don't, I don't know if he's better than, Donovan Wilson, even at his best in the NFL. Oh, Keanu, think, Keanu Neal's not a better free safety than Donovan Wilson. No, I'm, I'm saying he's I don't safety. think he's even... He's strong safety. No, yeah, I don't think he's that much better as a, as a strong safety, even. Um, yeah. I, I think... So, if now if the plan is maybe occasionally put him at strong safety, but mainly putting him at will, which there was a report today that Ian Rappaport said that that was the plan. The Cowboys want him to play yeah, will linebacker. Yeah, there's reports coming out. Yeah. They're, they're, yes. So I, I'm not going to take that, you know, completely to the bank. But if that's the plan, I like the signing a lot more because it pushes, you know, to me that means less snaps for Jalen Smith. And yes. at the very least – Let's say you know Keanu Neal is a is a backup to start the season. At least it puts pressure on Jalen Smith, who's one of right. those guys, the major like the majority of our defense that I think absolutely does need a fire under their ass. Not Donovan yeah. Wilson, who actually was good last year. Jalen yeah. Smith, Mister. Oh, I'm I'm totally secure in my position after playing like shit all of last year. That's the guy. Yeah. Who needs who needs a, a spark and yeah. so you know it's going to completely hinge on what they're going to do with him. Um, I, I like the fact that Dan Quinn has worked with him before. He's he's played with him. He, he obviously knows him, and Keanu Neal knows Dan Quinn's scheme. But but yeah, that that's I could go either way depending on what they end up doing with him. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's still, even if we put Keon Neal at weak side linebacker, we bench Jalen Smith, we cut Jalen Smith, which is looking unlikely because we've already uh, guaranteed his, his contract for the year. Um, but, you know, even if we do put him on the bench, I don't think Keon Neal is going to do great if we don't continue to f- work on that defensive tackle spot. Brent Urban's oh, no. a good good step in the right direction, but he's not going to solve it all all by his own. He's he's not going to s- play enough snaps to solve right. it all all by his own. Well, the thing with Donovan Wilson being a starter, like you mentioned, Fisher talking about, is that right mm-hmm. now, yeah, he is the starter. He's earned the starting position, and if you want to bring somebody in to challenge him, okay, fine, I'm I'm all for that. Um, I don't know if it's it's yeah, like you said though it's not as immediate a, 
problem as their other areas on the defense are. Right. But if you do happen to find somebody who, like a Malik Hooker, who comes in and balls out during training camp and preseason, okay, maybe you do make Donovan Wilson your number three safety. But right now he's the starter. He's earned the starting job, and I think it would be hard to displace him. Uh, regardless of – and I don't think they're going to be able to do it yeah. with the guys that they're talking about. I think he's got the job. I think everybody's job should be in jeopardy. So yeah. if they bring somebody in, yeah, even Donovan Wilson could see uh, be relegated to, to the number three. But like you said, he's one of the least deserving guys right. to – to, to see a demotion, uh, he's just started to scratch the surface. And I think that you, you, you need to keep him playing to see what he's fully capable of. So yeah. uh, I, that's, that's the way I would see it. He's a starter now, yeah. and I would keep him the starter unless somebody really comes in and, uh, you know, outshines him. But then why do you really, you know, that's not, that would be a luxury. Right. Exactly. That that that's my point. Is is I'm fine with that in theory, but right now, you know, we've got no outside cornerback. We've got a bunch of dog shit defensive tackles. One guy who can play the run well, but not really rush the passer. One guy who's shown flashes, and then basically a bunch of useless players that should be third strings and and barely playing snaps. But right now, there are starters like, uh, you know, Antoine Woods, um, you know, until we, we show some signs that we're going to remedy that, I, I don't want, you know, these, I don't want these competition, you know, situations at positions where we're pretty well set. But, but no, I, I, I get that. And, you know, you want the best players on the field, but you also don't want to completely ignore these other positions, which, you know, we're throwing bodies at him with with the Carlos Watkins and and I you know I hope I'm wrong. Maybe he has a career revitalization with Dan Quinn, but right now I'm you know I I think I'm maybe half a degree more optimistic about that position group than I was last week when I was you know going on about how I thought we were going to completely ignore one tech. Um, but but not much, not feeling that much better. I'll tell you the guy that I, because I, I hadn't heard of Brent Urban. He was he was off my radar. Um, the guy that I've come across this week, who I think is is kind of in the same vein. I think he'd be relatively inexpensive, and he's you know not a every down starter. He'll play four hundred snaps, but who would be a a true one tech um, is this guy Mike. Uh, Pinnell, I think his name is, from the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, that's, no, sorry, Mike Donnell. That's my new my new target. Um, there's no signs that we've expressed interest in him, but um, I, I hope we go after him. The, the two guys I did want to talk about that we have expressed interest in and who I, I feel pretty confident will sign one of these guys are Malik Hooker and uh, DeMonte Casey. And Casey, um, another Falcon safety, 
Um, but we, we talked about, I think, both of them last week. Casey played college at San, this little school, San Diego. He was very productive. Um, and he's, he's done fairly well in the NFL between corner and safety. Um, and then Malik Cooker was a very highly touted safety coming out of Ohio State. And, and really both of them have been injured kind of their whole career. Cooker probably a little more frequently than Casey. Um, I guess, Denny, do you have a strong preference between one of those guys? I think you know. I would who prefer I do. Casey because Hunter yeah. seems to live in the uh, trainer's room. Yeah, and that's fair. I, I think that's the 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 one thing you can hold against him, and it is a fair argument. I, I still like Hooker because I, I've said this a couple times this week on Twitter. I think he was if, if healthy, which I admit is a very big if, but it's also why we'll we'll get him pretty cheap i think um if healthy he is he was born to play dan quinn's free safety spot there's not a lot of guys that are and and i think this is kind of going back to um keanu neal another reason i don't love the signing if it's for him to play strong safety mainly is i feel like it's a much easier find in the draft getting a, a box safety. Like, I, I think you can find one of those guys if in the third or fourth round, finding a guy, and I don't think there's anyone in this draft who who is suited for this role, like truly suited for a single high safety. That is, is I think, the most coveted position on, on, maybe the most coveted position on defense. And, you know, you can name on one hand the guys that could do it. Earl Thomas obviously was was great at it for years on Dan Quinn's team, and, and Ed Reed. Mail. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. But um, he is also. I mean, we yeah we could bring him in. I I think Remember someone would have taken him in last to trade year. The house for him. Yeah, yeah. Pay him and fourteen the same million a year to trade the house for Jamal Adams, who was awful last year. Yep. Yep. Yeah, if you're going to sign him, now's the time. But but no, I I think Hooker can can play that that single high safety better than just about anyone. And you know, obviously his health is is a big factor. I think you definitely would want to pair him with another safety. And and I don't hate the idea if if you're bringing in Hooker to play free safety, you put you know, Donovan Wilson at strong safety, Keanu Neal at will, maybe rotate him a little bit into the safety rotation. And then if Hooker gets hurt, then you move Donovan Wilson to free safety. I, I don't hate that. Um, but I would ideally like to bring in a, a rookie as well um, to, to throw into the mix. But I, I think the upside of, of Malik Hooker is absolutely worth bringing him in. I, I don't think Casey's got that same level of upside a- anywhere near it. I, I think he's a decent player. He's gotten, you know, he's got decent stats. Um, but I don't, I don't think he's, you know, a lot of his interceptions similar to like a Jeff Heath who got a lot of interceptions, you know, right place, right time kind of thing. Not cause he's like a rangy, crazy athletic dude. 
I feel that way with with Casey a little bit. Um, well, at least he was in position, which is more than we could say for our safeties. Right. Yeah, he would he would be a, an upgrade still over you know Xavier Woods last year. I would I would say, and definitely anyone would be an upgrade over Darian Thompson. But um, but yeah, I I wouldn't I'd be happy with Casey as well. Um, but I, hey, Malik Woods Hooker, might, Woods might come out. back on a real cheap contract. He doesn't seem to be generating much interest from what I can tell. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I I haven't heard anything making it seem like we we're that interested in bringing him back. But I mean, for the right price, yeah, I, I don't see why not. Um, but I mean, the fact that we're interviewing, I think it's tomorrow, which will be Tuesday, and then Wednesday. We're interviewing Casey and and Hooker. I can't see a scenario where we where we sign one of those guys and bring back Woods. I mean, unless unless we're signing Woods for next to nothing, which may be possible. Um, yeah. So I I guess it's not impossible. I hadn't thought thought about that. Did I, he I, hurt I kind himself of with the comments that he made? Definitely didn't help himself. <laughs> Definitely not with the uh, the fan base, and and you know that's the kind of thing where Jerry Jones probably cares about, you know, the perception of the players, um, and and yeah, he definitely hurt himself with the fan base with those comments. Um, but I think more more than anything, it was just the similar to what we were talking about with Lewis and Wuzier. It's the the Mike Nolan effect, like everyone. <laughs> Everyone on that defense lost value last year, for the mo- you know, with the exception of maybe a few. Um, I think the year prior he would have probably commanded eight or nine million a year from some team, and this year probably not even half of that at this point. Um, so yeah, so th- those are my you know. I expect us to sign one of those two, Hooker or, or Casey, and I'm, I'm hopeful we'll sign another one tech like uh, like Donnell. There's still quite a quite a few cornerbacks on the market: um, Richard Sherman, Casey Hayward, Malcolm Butler. Um, I, I think we should touch on the the other NFC East teams briefly um, because today the Giants signed one of the top corners on the market i do think they overpaid him but they signed adoree jackson for three years 39 million they've also signed kenny galladay um for four years 18 million a year um and then i see now if galladay got that then michael gallup's going to get that next year i don't think he's going to get quite that because galladay was a an actual number one like he was the Lions' number go-to top receiver. Gallup's never been that. I, I think Gallup will get close to it if he hits the open market, like 15, 16, maybe. Um, although, optimistic teams are going to view him as a number one who never got the chance to be a number one. That's that's possible. That's definitely possible. And and the fact that the cap is going to go up, you, you could yeah. that, that could lead to him getting 18 million and that not even being like nearly the top receiver deal you'd have some i don't know any top receiver like a Devonte adams i don't know if his contract's up but maybe he gets 25 million and totally shatters the the record um 
but yeah, I, I could I could see that. I, I think the a lot of people are talking about the Giants being a threat now. I, I think they're better for sure, but um, I think they overpaid for all three guys, th- those two and Leonard Williams, whereas I think Washington, they signed three guys for, for big money. Ryan Fitzpatrick, well, <laughs> by any standard but quarterback, that was big money. For quarterback, it was basically you know the change in your wallet. Uh, but they yeah. they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, they signed William Jackson, probably the top cornerback on the draft on the in free agency, and they basically gave him the same contract as Adoree Jackson. Um, so they I think they got a much better deal on that, and then they signed Curtis Samuel. So right now, as of today, I, I've got to say I I think Washington is is a much bigger threat than than the Giants, and I would probably say they're they're the favorite for the division. I think the Cowboys have a chance to re to change that narrative if we make a few more moves on defense. Um, but I think Washington is is such a complete team. And I, I get the feeling a lot of people discredit Ryan Fitzpatrick and and they think that he immediately kind of makes them a bad team but i think he's i think he's playing his best football these last few years he played the last two years on a bad miami dolphins team and he kept them very competitive and he's never had he's never been on a good team his whole career like i guess you could say the bucks three years ago maybe um definitely played on a good offense back then but he's going to a team with that was a top three defense last year, and now they're adding the best cornerback on the market and an offense that had a very good O line, and really their only two big weaknesses were quarterback and wide receiver besides Terry McLaurin. Now they've added Curtis Samuel, and they've got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's better than Alex Smith. Like you. He's not an elite quarterback. He probably never will be, but he's better than Alex Smith, and Alex Smith went 5-1 and one with that team. So right now, I don't know where your thoughts are on this, but right now I think Washington is, is the clear favorite for the division, even though, even though I think Dak's a better quarterback, I think Washington has a far better overall team, at least right now. And and I also and I think there we, we talked about this last week about navigating free agency and I feel like you know you you made a great point that there's no like perfect formula I think there's there's a good way to to spend big money quote unquote big money and there's a good way to spend small amounts of money I think so far the Cowboys have done an okay job spending small amounts of money but i think the washington football team have done a great job of spending big amounts of money i think the giants i think the patriots are prime examples of bad bad big spending yeah i think washington i think they paid like pretty fair market price for all three of those guys and and they're all positions they needed so 
you know, I, I think without breaking the bank, the Cowboys could have done a better job. And that's why, like you, I think we're somewhere in the C range for how we've done so far because there have been guys um, that have signed for reasonable contracts that we could have afforded. Um, the, the, the guy that I, I have to throw out for the, for the Eagles, who are in way worse a cap situation than we are, by the way, they signed Anthony Harris for, for one, one year, five million. Anthony Harris had kind of a down year last year, but the previous two, he was an elite safety. And, and they got him for for what we paid for for, for Keanu Neal. Um, yeah. So, These teams have suffered losses, though, too. That's true. If the Eagles lost their, their starting safeties, who are nothing to write home about, but they did lose. Yeah. Uh, the Giants lost Kevin Zeitler, and they can't afford to get that's any worse true. on their own line. They lost Dab Tomlinson, who was a very good player. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can't just look at the additions. you got to look at the subtractions. That's and the fair. Dallas Cowboys have lost their starting cornerback. Mm-hmm. And, well, their backup quarterback. Those are the right. two big losses, and they definitely need to be addressed. As far as I'm looking at this right now um i'm looking at this as a situation where the cowboys probably will sign one of those free safeties mm-hmm. lee cooker or kazee however his name is pronounced yeah. and uh neil will play a little safety and also push jalen smith um i'm wondering if they switch neil to weak side linebacker and they move Jalen Smith back to the middle and they put Van Der Esch on the strong side which is where I would put him because that's that's nowhere that's no man's hand that's like you play 15 snaps a game yeah. until he learns how to uh, be a football player and stay out of the, the trainer's room yeah that I would say to Van Der Esch teach him a, teach him a lesson in his, his young career um, I'm wondering if, if that's something that they're thinking about or if they're just thinking about having Neil in there for a little uh, weak side linebacker depth. That's the other thing. They paid him, I don't know, I guess quite a bit to be a backup linebacker, but it wasn't too bad. Not but um, that's, that's the way I see it shaking out. But the way I see the Cowboys, what they need, I think, is very, very clear. They need a back. Let's not forget backup quarterback like we did so many years, yeah. right? They need to find a, a legitimate backup quarterback, and they need to find a starting quality corner, and they need a free safety. And I don't care what they need to do it. They can restructure Amari Cooper. They should. They could restructure Demarcus Lawrence, even though it pains me to say that. But they already and did. They, they, I mean, they should just cut Jalen Smith, but they appear, I think they they guarantee his salary now. Right. So that, but they need to find ways to open up more cap space in order to squeeze the, squeeze a few more free agents in there. Um, unless they want to rely on a rookie cornerback, which I think would be a bad idea, yeah. even if it's Patrick Sertain. And I think Patrick Sertain will be the draft pick if they stay at number ten. Yep. Yeah, I agree. That that's I think all point, signs point to that. 
Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's, I, I'm not as concerned about, I mean, first, my main thing is I just don't think there's going to be a quarterback out there that's that I feel better about than Garrett Gilbert. <laughs> like, every semi-viable quarterback is getting scooped. I mean, there's still, there's like Sam Darnold, there's Gardner Minshew, but I think so, I think they're going to end up with a team that'll give them a real shot at at starting, which which they're not going to have here. I think maybe like a Josh Rosen, who's kind of a reclamation project, but you know, going off of the kind of projection of him coming out, now he's got a year kind of sitting behind Brady. Maybe that's a better option, but I just don't think there's there's many real good options out there yeah but um but yeah i mean definitely cornerback and like i said there, there's guys out there i so i i think we already restructured demarcus lawrence's contract oh, great. um yeah but we still got cooper and and i had been wondering why we hadn't done it already so your your point that mike fisher thinks there's a chance we move on from him that I mean, it would kind of explain that. Um, doesn't make a lot of sense to me why he'd trade a, both trade a first-round pick for him and then give him this big contract if you're just going to cut him, like at least trade him. Uh, that that would yeah, be it pretty would, it dumb. Would make Jerry look bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's that's the first I've heard of that, but but it's – it's interesting, um, but but no, I, I think we what will probably end up happening, and and this is gonna piss me off, just like the Carlos Watkins thing. We'll probably end up signing a quarterback like Kevin King or Gary Connolly, who is young and has really never done anything good in the in the league. Cole McCoy. Cole McCoy is a backup quarterback. Yeah, that's. I think that would be a possibility um but no for, for corn, starting outside cornerback i think i'm guessing we'll bring in one of these guys who hasn't ever done anything in the league and and then draft probably patrick sertan um which, i'll tell you what no matter yeah. what they want to do it was defensive tackle in the draft they better re-sign gerald mccoy if he's healthy yeah, I I'm guessing they won't at this point after bringing in these two. I I'm I'm for that. Uh, what is Carlos Watkins? How does he compare to Gerald McCoy? They're they're, they're they're opposite ends. Yeah, I mean of the spec. With with I mean the only thing the only reason I wouldn't bring in McCoy is if he's hurt still. Yeah, which is pos- possible. Unless they're but, complete idiots. Yeah, which is possible. Yeah, I mean. The the at the Cowboys budget, you you basically got like a couple types of players. And we talked a little bit about this last week. You've got the guys like like Cam Irving who or Carlos Watkins who have played a lot of snaps and have just never been good, uh, but they've played a lot. Then you've got guys sort of like Brent Urban. Um, or, you know, like Brandon Knight going into last year who have played limited snaps and have played pretty well in those, or, or the, the tackle we brought in. 
And and I generally I prefer those guys to the first class. But then you've got these. Then you've got the veterans. And I I look at the veterans in two groups. You've got the ones that are are proven guys that have have had a system or a a track record of success, and maybe they're not at their peak anymore. Maybe they're not in their prime, but they've they haven't fallen off that much to think that they're washed up. And and Richard Sherman is a prime example of that. And going into last year, I thought that about Gerald McCoy. Then you've got the guys that are veterans and you know still have that name recognition, but who I think are washed, who have shown multiple down seasons, which is enough to make me think that, you know, they're just bad players. And, you know, Patrick Peterson being one, A.J. Bouye being another this offseason. So, yeah, I I like Gerald McCoy better than, in general, I, I just want to avoid the washed players and I want to avoid the guys that just suck. The, the Cam Irvings and the Carlos Watkins. Cam and Irving just got a starting job. In, I know. In, 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 in uh, Carolina. In Carolina. Which is laughable to me. But, um, you know, good good for him. He, he's getting, getting paid. And to his credit, he played – his season in Dallas was like his best season. And which goes to show you his body of work, that that's his, his peak. But – yeah. What about the the swing tackle? Now I did a little yeah. research into the swing tackle, and like I said, I don't think it was a position of need. I like Brandon Knight. Uh, I like Terrence Steele. Uh, I think Connor Williams might be able to play tackle. But uh, looking at this guy, for what they got him for, yeah, and considering his you know his body of work, I don't care that he's going to be thirty six, but considering his body of work. And the grades that he's gotten for it, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm no longer really opposed to that signing. Yeah. I think it was something that if you can get this guy this cheaply, do mm-hmm. it because yeah. he's a good backup. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's a plus backup. Knight, yeah, Brandon Knight can play guard. Yeah. So people, most people don't know that, but Brandon Knight okay. has the potential to play guard. So you bring this guy in, Ty Kunushka or whatever his name is, and you know he looks like a good, good pickup at a, 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 a low price. Yeah. And he didn't show any signs of being crappy last year, you know, right. to justify the low price. So maybe it was his age that hurt him or something think, like that. But I think that's it. He, he hasn't I, had a lot of snaps, and he's old like that. Teams are going to undervalue guys like that. Um, yeah, no, I, I to me it's and and they're both the same type of player. It's it's Brand Urban and and that guy Tyler Knishka. Those were our our big plus signings so far. Everyone else is eh to big thumbs down for Carlos Watkins. Um, the over the overall picture though is that they have not improved because they've brought in some people and. But they've lost their backup quarterback. They've lost their starting corner cornerback. So right yeah. now they are they have not improved. And I hate that approach in free agency Agreed. where you're just trying to tread water. 
Yeah. You have to improve in free agency. You can't just say we're going to fill the holes that we we uh, have or mm-hmm. that were created by free agency. No, absolutely mm-hmm. not. You don't just try to say, well, we're going to just try to stay, keep our heads above water and stay the same yeah. and get better at the draft. No, you can't. That's not the way. It, that's you. You can't win that way. Yeah. At least not quickly. Yep. And, and that's that's my thing with and I, I hate giving them props, but I but I I feel like I have to like the Washington football team. They haven't lost anyone significant. They lost their be- their cornerback and they replaced him with a better cornerback. And then yeah. they've retained all their other significant pieces, at least to my to my knowledge, like that. That's that's a formula for success. The Cowboys, if you I, I think the only and maybe what the front office is thinking is obviously you're getting Dak back, you're getting some guys back from injury, and I think they're maybe building in an overall increase on defense because of Dan Quinn, the the non yeah. <laughs> Mike Nolan effect, so to speak. And and I will say I do feel happy that we are picking play it it sounds like Dan Quinn has a lot of influence on the guys we're getting so we're letting him shop for the groceries that means that he's got full responsibility for this team's defensive performance this year for for good or for bad and yeah. you know that's what I feel like you brought him in for so and and it does seem like well, there's an I a little more of an identity than there was with Nolan you know, you know why I think that's good is that even though those players, and Dan Quinn was the coach not that long ago. Well, wasn't he the head coach? Did he get fired year. midseason? Yeah, yeah. Last year okay. he was the head coach. So, all right. So even if these, you know, I think that he knows these guys personally, and he knows Definitely they're not the just going to come here guys. and go to sleep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's a good cushion to have. Is when you have somebody who could say, "Okay, this guy's going to come in. He's not going to be the next Darren Woodson or the next Dexter Coakley, but he he's not going to go to sleep on you, and he's going to give you good effort." Yeah. You know, because we didn't get good effort from a lot of guys last year. Daryl right. Worley, he didn't want to be there. Tristan no. Hill didn't want to be there. Don Terry Poe Don't didn't want to be there. Definitely didn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree, and that's. Yeah, and that's one thing you'll say you can say about Keanu Neal, Brent Urban. Yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna give minimal effort. They're gonna they're gonna lay lay the wood. They're gonna play the run defense tough. They're they're tough players. Um, I don't know as much about Terrell Basham, but Neal's a big hitter. Yeah, and he's a short tackler. He's his tackles look beautiful. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to briefly touch on the the draft a little bit. So we, we've, you know, we've signed these players. You figure, if, if I had to guess at this point, I would guess we'll sign a safety, and I think we'll sign, you know, a, a bottom, what would you call it, the Kmart, the blue special? Um the blue light special. The blue. I, I think we'll sign a blue light special cornerback. Your parents. Your parents will know it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Um, yeah, so my, if, if I had to guess, I would say we're not going to get another defensive tackle as much as I want one, but we'll sign one of these you know safeties. Gerald McCoy? You know Gerald McCoy, Zach? I don't think so. If, if I had to guess, no. I, I'm, I'm guessing we, we'll draft one, but I don't think we'll sign another one. I think we'll sign one of these safeties and a blue light special uh, cornerback and, and roll into the draft. So... You figure something like that, maybe another veteran like like Gerald McCoy or, or Geno Atkins, a guy that yeah, was yeah. released, who who I feel almost the same about as Gerald McCoy. Like he's definitely past his prime, but still right. could potentially help. Um, Compare him to Tyrone Crawford. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's way better than Tyrone Crawford. If, if he's healthy, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um but but yeah, so so assuming we we patch some more holes, do you for sure go Patrick Sertan, or would you consider one of these offensive players at number ten? Where, where are you? So, I mean, Caleb Farley. One of the kind of big pieces of news that came out today is that Caleb Farley is is having back surgery, which yeah yeah I, I think for for most people that disqualifies from, from number 10. Some I, I saw Brian Broaddus saying that he thinks he's still in play at number 10, which I do not like. Um, well, it's a stupid team picking at number 10. That's... Oh, the Cowboys are. <laughs> Didn't Broaddus say we weren't going to bring in any free agent defensive tackles? He, he, I don't think he said it quite that confidently, but yeah, he did kind of allude to that, yeah. Yeah, so that was a good that's, prediction. That's all you part. know. <laughs> so much right. for him and being uh, an employee at the ranch. He's right. really got inside sources there. You know, he's not going to tell you anything that – look, he's, an, he's a direct employee of Jerry Jones. He's not going to tell you anything that Jerry Jones – I think he's good because you can – he's going to parrot Jerry Jones. So if you really want to know what Jerry Jones uh, – or you want to, you know – know what Jerry Jones is thinking, um, then Broadus is the person to listen to. Because I remember there were a couple players that Broadus was particularly down on, Gavin Escobar, and the center we used to have, Phil something, Costa. Costa, And I said, you know what? If he's making these negative comments about them in the middle of the season when they're still playing, that means that the front office does not like them. Yeah. That does not like them. And if he doesn't say something, or he says, you know, and then, you know, he, he's going to reflect, that means that Jerry doesn't want you to know in yeah. other cases. Okay? And so since he said, nah, we're not going to get any defensive tackles, well, Jerry doesn't want you to know. He'd be stupid. And honestly, they would be stupid to show their hand in free agency because it's such a poker game. Yeah. So I wouldn't want anybody to know what I was thinking either. I wouldn't tell anybody the truth. Yeah, I'm not going to go around saying, "Yeah, we're interested in this guy. We're interested in that guy." I'd just be like, you know, let me do let me do my job. You're going to drive this guy's price up three million dollars. Is your ceiling leaking? Yeah. Is your what happened? You were looking at the ceiling. It looked like you. Was your oh ceiling no! Leaking. No! No! no. Uh, so that's that's the way that. Uh, I, I treat people like that, and we we know where the holes are, and we'll see if they they do enough to to fix them. 
but you know, as it stands but, right now, I don't think that they've gained as a whole from from free agency. How can they when you've got no cornerback? Right. And I mean, if we don't sign someone, my, my thought is, if you don't sign like a Malcolm Butler or a Casey Hayward or Richard Sherman, you've got to draft Patrick Sertan. And and if he's taken, which I don't think he will be, but I could see a team jumping us, knowing that we need cornerback. I could see a team trading up to, to get Patrick Sertan. And, and then maybe, you know, either you take injury-prone Caleb Farley or... or uh, Joe Horn's kid, I forget his first name, um, but I think that would be a reach if if we took took Horn at number ten. So it, it puts us in a really bad situation if we don't if we don't sign one of these starter quality cornerbacks, which are still out there. Like I said, there's there's a a couple. Um, it, it puts us it pretty much pigeonholes us to signing. Uh, or drafting Patrick Sertan at number ten, or 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 J.C. Horn, that uh, that's his name. Um, if you do sign one of those guys, then I think an offensive player comes into play at number ten because most likely, I think the best player available, if you're being honest, is not going to be Patrick Sertan. I think it'll probably be either Kyle Pitts or Rashawn Slatter or. Uh, or, or uh, Waddle, Jalen Waddle from the from Alabama. So, you know, and and I'm fine with dra- with drafting an offensive player if we have really addressed these other positions. And I think ideally you sign another defensive tackle. I, I don't think Gerald McCoy. He's not going to be a one tech, but. At least he'll give a little more depth to the position. You sign him, you sign a Malik Cooker, and you sign uh, Richard Sherman or Malcolm Butler. In that scenario, I don't hate drafting an offensive player and, and or going or truly going best player available. That's that's really all I want. If Patrick Sertan honestly is the guy you feel is the best player available, even after you've signed Malcolm Butler or Richard Sherman, then go for it. But if, but you want to be in a position where if it's an offensive player that is the best player available, like Ceedee Lamb clearly was last year, that you pick him and you don't feel feel like you screwed your team over by leaving a gaping hole. So that's my that's my thing is. You know, there's still guys to be had to, to patch up cornerback. I, I don't think, I mean, free safety is the other glaring hole. Free safety in one technique, I, I don't think there's anyone that's really a possibility at number 10 at those positions. But Patrick Sertan, I, I don't think that would be a bad pick at number 10. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you would like the, the kind of flexibility that, you can truly go best player available and, and you've got to make a couple more moves to get to that point. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to want, you know, the guys that make that intrigue me on the uh, offensive side of the ball. Uh, one is the offensive tackle. I, I never can remember his name. So I don't we'll, think he's going to fall to number 10 now. Yeah. So we'll, right. 
Sewell, yeah. The LSU wideout intrigues me. Yeah. Waddle, the wideout intrigues me. And Kyle Pitts intrigues me. Yep. So those are guys who I, you know, I'm going to look into. I'm going to read about them. And, uh, uh, but, you know, Patrick Sertain, from what I'm reading, he, he gets high marks. Yeah. He was a stud on that Alabama defense from the time he started. Yeah. Yeah, he's the only thing against him. And, and I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, Alabama's going to have their pro day tomorrow. Um, so that really the only thing, or the only knock on him is his long speed. Um, yeah. You know, he, he's not this crazy, twitchy athlete. But, and I almost, <laughs> for our sake, I almost hope he runs in the, the four fives because I think if he goes sub five, four five, I think there's a pretty good chance he's gone by the time the time we get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy with Patrick Sertan as as the pick at number ten. Like I said, even if we signed a you know top corner, you can never have too many good right. cornerbacks. That that's well, you need three, yeah. Right, and and even you know outs. I think you know he's ideally an outside corner. Whoever we sign, but but yeah. More cornerbacks, the better. Um, and and yeah, I think he I think he's got a very high floor, and and I think he would be a good fit in Dan Quinn's scheme. Um, but I don't want to be in a position where all of our eggs are in the basket of him falling to number ten and and us having to take him because, especially if he does well at the Alabama Pro Day, he might not be there. Um, that that's you know, Caleb Farley being off the board, I think that does have a little bit of a trickle down effect for teams that are, that were thinking, Oh, well maybe at, you know, if a team at like 13 or 14, I'd have to look at the, at the draft spots. I don't know if there are teams that really need corner in those positions, but if you were thinking, Oh, well Dallas will take, Caleb Farley and then Patrick Chatain will fall to us or or teams in the 20s thinking it'll be Patrick Chatain, Farley or JC Horn now okay well Farley's gonna fall way down we got to trade up I, I could potentially see that happening um all right but uh but yeah so. we'll we'll uh we'll Get get more into the draft in upcoming weeks, but I wanted to touch on it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think that'll uh, that'll do it for us for this week. But um, thanks all for tuning in, and we'll be back next week to uh, for some more Cowboys chat with Shap. Until till next time.